it's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Thanks for joining us once again, Gold Faithful 49ers radio show brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, DynastySportsEmpire.com has you covered. Fantasy leagues, content, rankings, projections, and more. College basketball leagues starting up. Visit them online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. Com. I'm Brian Peacock. Right next to me is Nick Winkler. You can follow him at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. So much to get to. Ugh. So much happening There's right now. There's a lot of non-football stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about that stuff too much. I just... You know, there's some suspensions going on. We got a new quarterback coming in. Who's going to be the running back? There's a lot of stuff to get to. I'm just... Oh God, How bad was that football game on Sunday? It was bad. Unwatchable. It, it was. For, I mean, we had to watch it, but... I wasn't going to turn it off, but right. if I was not invested as I am in the 49ers, I would have definitely been flipping around looking yeah. for that New If Orleans, I didn't have Sunday game. ticket or something and I was you know, just a casual football fan and I, that was like the only game on, I would have been pissed that I was forced to watch that game. Living Lino in the radius. Right. <laughs> yeah, you li- if you live locally, it was yeah. the only game on regular TV oh. for you. Ugh. And um, yeah, if you're not a 49ers fan or if you were a 49ers fan and wanted to watch different football, mm-hmm. there was nothing else. No. Also, uh, the 49ers made a trade. Ten-year veteran, Vernon Davis, he's out. Man, it makes me feel old because I yeah. don't ever get drafted. I was so stoked when they drafted him. He of was course. the guy I wanted, you know, 4-3 tight end. How can you not like that? And he mm-hmm. had some great years with the 49ers. Sure uh, recently, it hasn't been going well, but they traded Vernon with a seventh-round pick and got uh, 2016 and 2017 sixth-rounders from the Denver Broncos. Seems like a good deal. I mean, obviously, Vernon Davis wasn't going to be coming back with the 49ers next year. No. You know, he's going to play out the rest of his contract. They got something for him. Yeah, to get anything well for him at that point is... You know, I think it was a win for the 49ers. He was not going to be involved in a winning team this year, and he was not going to be on the team most likely next year. Yeah, we can uh, we can talk more about Vernon in a bit. Uh, we got great guests today. We do. Oscar Aparicio from the Better Rivals podcast. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. He, he's a good X's and O's guy. We can try right. to get deep into why the 49ers have lost six of their last seven games. See some of his work over at Niners Nation. See uh, see if this whole Colin Kaepernick to the bench, Blaine Gabbert starting under center. Woo! See if that's going to pay off. Huh? Oh, man. That's, that's brutal. That's the big news yeah. on Colin's birthday today as well. I know. I mean, it came out, you know, what, yesterday? It came out last night or yeah, something. So yeah, so probably they were like, oh, let's get it before his birthday. And somebody, I don't know, somebody in the 49ers front office or in coaching staff screwed up because they're supposed to announce that kind of stuff after we record our show. Yeah, that's usually that's what they do. Usually we record and then they're like, oh, here's big Chris. news that's not going to be on your show. <laughs> so, yeah, somebody didn't get the memo. No, that would suck. We talked for an hour about, okay, what's can Colin Kaepernick turn yeah. around? What's he going to do? <laughs> and then, boom, he's not playing. <laughs> I did see, uh, did you see those T-shirts of Colin Kaepernick kissing his bicep on the bench? No. Oh, man, they're brutal. I can imagine. It's I mean, pretty it's funny, just, though. yeah, there's, yeah. there's memes galore right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Kaepernick, it's deserved. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't have good numbers. He does look scared. And it's not totally his fault. He's been sacked 28 times. You know, second most in the league. If you don't have time to pass, you're not going to be a good quarterback. He, he didn't throw a touchdown in five of the eight games he started this year. I would, yeah. I mean, that's not good. I see both of those things, and obviously the the offensive line is not cutting it right now. I mean, right. there was not a stat by, uh, I saw Jeff Dini from Pro Football Focus tweeted it out. The 49ers running backs last week averaged getting hit, getting, making first contact with the defender a half a yard before the line of scrimmage. I was chatting with a buddy uh, during the game, and it, he was like, yeah, you know, this is going to be Mike Davis coming out party here now that Bush is injured, blah, blah, blah. 
he was getting the ball and he was getting hit. Oh, instantly. It was instantly. there was no chance. No none. chance. No he, he ten carries for four yards. That's gonna be really crazy. annoying. You're I'm like, here we go, this is my chance. I'm not no. surprised they came out of the game hurt. Yeah, and yeah. the, the Rams had some surgery too on his hand. Yeah. Yeah. They might they might IR that kid. That's a rough start, man. That's yeah. a, that's a rough rookie season. Again, Bush out for the season. He's made of glass, though. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, he played in. I'm throwing up air quotes. Five games. He, oh, geez. He, for the 49ers. eight carries, twenty eight yards, four receptions, nineteen yards. Solid investment there in Reggie Bush. Yeah, that ends a ridiculously <laughs> uneventful 49ers career. I can't imagine him being back either. Yeah. Um, I mean, for him, luckily, is MCL tear, not ACL. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, not as not as hard to come. Way. I've torn my MCL, so I, I know what he's going to have to go through. It's no fun. But back to Kaepernick really quick. Uh, to me, it seems like I get it. I get why they're doing it. If nothing else, just from a financial standpoint, because if he gets hurt, he actually has a big injury settlement in his contract where they have to pay him next year and the year after. So if if he's like if he loses it, you know, if it's like a career ending thing, right. they owe him upwards of almost forty million dollars. Like yeah. it's it's a ridiculous amount of money. If they cut him before April first, they only take a cap hit of six point nine million next mm-hmm. season. So it, it it makes sense to me, but at the same time, it, it could just be a short term move, right? I mean, you give Cap the week off. Something Jerry Rice suggested they do: sit him down, let him let him kind of recap, see what's going on, take a breather, and then. Kilgore is probably going to come back after the bye. So you have mm-hmm. a better offensive line for right. this kid. You give him two weeks to just kind of sit there. You, you give him all this time to prepare for Seattle. I don't know. I, I see I see both sides of it for sure. You also get on that bye week a chance to maybe implement some other things. Um, yeah. b- bigger schematic things or um, maybe players that, that hadn't had a chance to start yet. Maybe Brandon Thomas. Maybe that's the time to work him wonderful. in and get a full week of action. Maybe put him in there at right guard or right tackle. And maybe you sit Bolden out again this weekend. Then you have a fresh Bolden. You know, maybe Hyde can, can heal up. And then you come back at full strength against Seattle after the bye week. It, it makes like sense it. to me. And that's one of those games where even if you're rooting for the 49ers to lose, that's one of those games. That's you, the one. Yeah. That's the one you want to win, right? If you can come out full guns blazing yeah. and take that game and tank the rest of the year, I think I, I personally would, would be okay I'd with be that. I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I, uh, the beginning of the season, I would have not have been cool with that. Right. Right now, I'm on board. You know, there's something that's really annoying me on Twitter right now. It's everyone that keeps comparing Colin Kaepernick stats to Cam Newton stats. They're like, oh, where did that come from? Yeah, because they were like really comparable. Yeah, they're like, look, one's the MVP candidate and the other lost his starting job. Well, it comes down to wins. Actually, the eye test. Watch a football game. See which guy looks better. And the the stats really aren't that close to one another. And I mean. as you've seen with Colin Kaepernick, you can't compare two people on two different football teams with two different right. sets of coaches and sets of personnel because Colin Kaepernick, you can't compare him to his past self. No. Because of those same reasons. So exactly how can you pair right. him? How can you compare him to another player? Cam Newton's standing in there, he's got all day to throw the football. Oh, yeah. Colin Kaepernick takes two steps, makes one read, oh god, I gotta run. Or oh I'm down. Yeah. And that's not to bash Cam Newton or anything. No, of but, course not. And But it, I'm just it, sick of it. Like so many people are retweeting it and posting their own thing. It's right. like that it's it's not the same well, it's thing. Piling it's piling on. And I guess that gets you to the point of where right now the 49ers are a car wreck and people are slowing down as they pass by to look at it. Yeah, and I can't take my eyes off it. You know, no. I watched every snap, like you said. We're going to do it the rest of the season because we're fans. We've been doing it since we started watching football. And it's going to be really interesting, the car wreck that happens this weekend when Blaine Gabbert gets under center. I mean, this guy's not a good football player. Maybe he's changed. Maybe not starting for a couple of years has been good for him, but... 
Let's just take a quick look at Blaine Gabbert's let's, numbers. Let's do it. Here's Gabbert. Well, first of all, he started 28 games for Jacksonville, right? Uh, it, it, not good. 22 losses, right? Five wins. So I guess that's only 27 games. It, it, that That's horrible numbers. It is. 4,357 yards, 22 touchdowns to 24 interceptions. Again, probably the same thing that Kaepernick went through. He, you could see, if you watch a lot of film on, on, on Gabbert when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he never had a good line either. That's That was my number one point. If you're, yeah. if you're half glass half full and Blaine Gabbert... He was on awful Jaguars team. But he's now on an awful 49er team. And that wasn't a veteran coming into an awful awful situation. That was a rookie. Right. Jumping into the NFL. Starting as a rookie. Started 14 games in 2011. That's rough. Uh, Drafted ahead of Colin Kaepernick, by the way, if you don't remember. He was a first-round draft pick. 26 spots, right? Yeah. Yeah. And... 10th versus 36. He was put in a terrible position, much like remember Alex Smith was yeah. on those bad 49ers teams. You, mm-hmm. you don't roll in with a, as a rookie quarterback and have a lot of success in the NFL ever. Especially Hardly to ever. a bad football team. And when team. you go onto a bad team. When you're a top pick like that, you're going to go to a bad football team. Right. And they're going to expect you to play early. Right. So he was sort of ruined there. I never liked Gabbard a lot coming out into the draft. No, or, yeah, no. So, But at the same time, there was a good reason he wasn't successful, even if even if he could have been successful, mm-hmm. more so than he was. I'm going to quote uh, Tim Hasselbeck on SportsCenter. I saw this today. This this really kind of sums it up for me. He says, as long as I've been doing this job, Blaine Gabbert has played some of the worst quarterbacking <laughs> I've ever watched. He's been terrible. Uh, and I, I can kind of concur. You know, I've, I've seen Blaine Gabbert a lot. Yeah, the, and I mean, he, the numbers are good. No. 53 career percent passing. Um 23 TDs, 24 interceptions. So he's turned the ball over more than he's scored. You got the one, yeah, the one touchdown with San Francisco that he's thrown. Right. In 38 yards passing in two seasons there with the 49ers. I think the, the most telling thing, if you go to uh, the 49ers media guide and, and Blaine Gabbert's page, there's not a lot of stats on there, obviously, from, from him playing with the 49ers, but there's no career accolades either. Right. They've got this section called the gold mine, which tells you about his you know accomplishments. And the second one literally is what he did in high school. Ouch. <laughs> That's not good. Because yeah. how long has he been in the NFL? Well, and, the fir- and the first bullet point is how he joined the 49ers. Wow. So it goes from... They're like, let's this- not talk about Jackson. Yeah, here's the most important things Blaine Gabbert has done in his football career. He joined the 49ers. Yeah. A. B. He did some stuff in high school. Yeah. He went to the Elite 11 quarterback camp. Is there anything about his Pop Warner stats hey, he in He was MVP of the Elite 11 quarterback Woo! camp in 2007. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That should be number one. Here's, here's one thing that Blaine Gabbert does better than Colin Kaepernick. What's that? And that, that, I think that'll be obvious right away is Kaepernick was always the intermediate passer guy, right? He kind of struggled with the, with the touch on the deep balls. He Definitely. didn't like to check down and throw the ball short, but... He had that rocket arm, and he could really attack the intermediate zone. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabbert is going to be good at the stuff shorter than that, the short stuff. Right. So, and that's good. And I'm, that's, I'm okay with that. And I've seen, we've seen that's what the 49ers dialed up with a lot of those um, scripted plays at the beginning of games is mm-hmm. the short stuff. He's going to get the ball out quicker, and he, he can hit a lot of short passes. I mean, in college, all he did was throw wide receiver screens, which is why I didn't understand why you're drafting a guy in the first round when he literally does not throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. It's but crazy. with an offensive line like Jacksonville had at the time or like San Francisco has right now, I mean, that's what you're running. That's what you need to run. You don't yeah. have time to run these deep routes. You, and you need to do whatever you can to, to get the defense spread from 
the line of scrimmage a right. little bit, especially with uh, who, who's going to be running back this weekend for the 49ers. You know, who, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, you don't want them stacking ten guys in the box, just you know, begging you to to run the ball or try to throw it deep because yeah, he hasn't shown that he can. Right. Yeah. That, so, and that's going to be the downfall. If hopefully, he, he get, takes a shot or two. If he can't get rid of the ball deep, and um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be different, which I'm excited about. I want to see um, a different game plan. I want to see. Gosh, I. I don't know offensively what they can do. If you cannot keep the defense from touching your running back before he gets to the line of scrimmage. And you and can't. That, they and, haven't shown that they can. And now they have this just group of, did we even talk about uh, the new running backs yet for the 49 No, we have not. Of course, they signed uh, Pierre Thomas. That's right. Sean Drone. A couple of older guys there they're bringing in. Pierre Thomas, of course, uh, 30 years old, played a long time in New Orleans. Great catcher. Or receiver, receiver out of the so backfield. He's going to be, so Pierre Thomas is going to be the Reggie Bush role. Whatever yeah. they envision him being, that's what Pierre Thomas is probably going to be doing uh, probably this week. He could come in and Bush. start this weekend. I yeah. mean, you, you're not going to start um, Kendall Gaskins, right? I, I mean, he, they might start Gaskins. Ugh. I mean, I don't know if they're going to bring in How a guy off the street to be the he's starter. He's so slow. He's like a plotter. He's not, I mean, there's a reason they didn't. You know, keep they kept a, an Australian guy who's never played football yeah. before over him on the roster to start the season. Gaskins is not going to be any kind of an answer, uh, but neither is Drone. Neither is. Pierre Thomas, really. Yeah, you mentioned um, the guy from Australia. They did re-sign Hayne. They, did. they, they brought him back. Of course, cut him on Saturday, brought him back to the practice squad. That's what some good that? news. Was that the Hayne train? I think it was. Or so, the Hayne plane, maybe. We got some people saying <laughs> Some people don't like Some people, they're, 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 they're like, it's one or the other. They're no, like, it's no, both. it's not Hayne plane. It's, it's Hayne train. No, it's either. Hayne himself said it's either one. But he's, yeah. I know Hayne pimps his own t-shirt that's the plane. Mm-hmm. But he, he's been known as both. So. And it kind of right. makes sense because he flew over from Australia. That's true. Right. And, but yeah. he runs more like a train than a plane, in my See, opinion. See, there you go. That's why so, they both work. Yeah. Well done, sir. Yeah. Yeah, of course, Mike Davis had the, the hand injury, uh, surgery, Bush, Glassman, uh, Hyde. It would be silly to bring him back anytime soon. <laughs> you know what's funny about the Bush thing is as soon as that play happened, first of all, and, and the Rams are getting all kinds of crap. They're talking to the league about getting that fixed because that As can't they should. Happen. That cannot happen. No. Um, you can't have concrete when guys are running around in cleats. First of all, so you get rid of Jared Haynes so that Reggie Bush can do this punt returning business. He immediately <laughs> takes the first punt and runs backwards. Right. Then two penalties, you're, and then a safety. So, come on. <laughs> One thing Jared Haynes has never done is retreat. He he goes forward. And that's and what I you like want. that about him. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. He what? runs forward and he runs hard. He does. He doesn't tiptoe around. He's got that one move and then boom. Uh, but Reggie Bush, then he runs out of bounds and he slipped and fell. And it was like, oh, great. There he goes. There it is. And uh, you say it joking yeah. until... Then all of a sudden he starts to grab his leg. You're like, no way. Wow. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> the, he is really going to be done, isn't he? But it happens. There's been one game that he's finished. I mean, <laughs> That's how ludicrous that is. That oh. it's, it, you just it, see it, it literally is a complete joke. You see it coming. He's made a glass, man. It's, yeah. it's hard. It, it sucks because when you, you sign him, you think, okay, this will be the year he plays yeah. uh, 14, you know, like he's done a few times in his career. No, it's not going to be. He He's done for the year, I believe, right? Out for the season? He's done, yeah. Yeah. A couple of other things. Uh, 49ers practice squad. Uh, defensive lineman Caleb Ramsey suspended four games. He violated the NFL policy on performance-enhancing yeah. substances. You know, I like that story because well, it's really it's human. Because obviously, this is a guy that's struggling to to make a career, right? And like, I get it, dude. I get it too. You're going to do whatever it takes, but yeah. like you, you know, you did these illegal drugs and you still couldn't even pra- crack getting off the <laughs> yeah. practice squad. I mean, like, I hey, think it's, it's time to do something. Pretty else. telling. Now he's like, well, I. I gave it my shot. And yeah, I, I, I got busted. Some, yeah, I shot some steroids up my ass, and that didn't help. So you know, yeah, I'll go sell some used cars. See if UPS is hiring or there something. You go. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. They got some shorts. Good, um, yeah. yeah, 
some good wages over there, I hear. Cornerback Chris Davis signed to the practice squad in his place. Of course, uh, Chargers last year. Uh, you probably know him. He was part of the, the kick six play for Auburn in the Iron Bowl when Alabama missed that long field goal with time expiring, and he oh, yeah. returned it and he returned 109 it. yards. That's where I knew his name. Yeah. Okay, good call, yes. So, if nothing else, there you go. You got a new punt returner. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a punt returner. Now, Haynes not active. <laughs> he returned kicks for the Chargers, uh, you know, so there, there's that. There's something to be said for that. I don't know, man. This is this is a lot. Do we? Did anybody mail in or anything? We need tweets. Let's go to the mailbag. Let's do that. So we do. We have tweets. We have emails. We have. Uh, it, we still have a couple guys from Australia hanging on, which I like. I like. Both named Ben, by the way. Two Bens. Yeah, we talked. To, we talked about one of the Bens last week. He explained to us what a cheeky pint was. I like that. Uh, what a Parma was. It's mm-hmm. a chicken Parmigiana sandwich or something. Right? It looked like a. Pizza. It was like an open flat. Delicious. It was like an open face <laughs> thing. It looked awesome next to his pint. And I, a cheeky pint is is that's where you go to the pint with your boys instead of hanging out with your girl. Yeah. I think is what he yeah. what that means. So thanks for the lingo there, Ben. Then we also have Ben V or let's call him Benny, Benny. from Australia. He he contacted us via email. Uh, he said this is the reason he doesn't like the Gabbert move because mm-hmm. he plays Madden, and he said Madden <laughs> told him so. He's playing Madden and he has a lead. And then Cap gets hurt. Uh-oh. Lose the lead. Cap comes back in the same game, win by 11. Wow. Uh, so even Madden isn't a fan of Gabbert. Well, there you go. I wonder if they update the Madden. You know they update Madden you know, every every so often. Right, right. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to move Gabbert in there and maybe bump up his stats a little bit because now he's the starter and bump, and, you know, bump you know, you down take... Kaepernick. Anybody right. out there who plays Madden, let us know. Give us an update. Yeah, I'd like to hear about that. Yeah. Is there is – because there I know every year it seems like they – they had more and more ratings in Madden, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen any of the new next-gen Xbox One or uh, I'm sure you can find stuff. them all online, yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's more, and I wonder if there's one where holds the ball too long in the pocket. Oh, I like that. Or, yeah, it's like yeah. shaky feet, maybe, or like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. scaredy Deer cat. Like, is that, yeah. is that one of those? Because I think both of our quarterbacks have that. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Get a little uh, uh, Jeremy. light on their feet. He said, uh, there's more 49ers talk on ESPN Radio and Seattle Sports Talk than there is on their own flagship station. Wow. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the, the car wreck nature of it. It's the, the, the local media, you know, the Warriors are yeah. – Steph Curry's throwing up 50 points a game. So you're like, well, the 49ers season's done, so screw that. Move on, yeah. Yeah, and which is a total bummer because the 49ers are a laughing stock nationally. The national story is, hey, look how shitty the 49ers are. Dude, it's and you never want your team to be that team. But they are. And you know, and, and that's it supposed sucks. to be the Raiders, and the Raiders are four and three right now, making some noise. These two teams headed it's supposed to be the Cleveland directions. Browns. You know, yeah. those are the teams that people are supposed to be like, oh yeah, it's great. The Browns. Are- well, Johnny Manziel is probably going to start for the Browns this week, so they're, they're still probably well, yeah, going to go. Browns down. are actually kind of still in that mode, but yeah, it's not it's, supposed to be the 49ers. It's tough being a 49er fan right now. It really is. You watch, you turn on ESPN, and you know, obviously today, you know, they're talking about wow, Colin Kaepernick bench, Blaine Gabbert. That's what a stupid move. You know, this and that, and. It hurts, man. It hurts. I've got a lot of friends who are Seahawks fans. It hurts. I got even more friends who are Raiders fans. And right. Yeah, and now they are pointing and laughing. They're, yep. they're, they're straight up going Nelson. Yeah, they walk on us. in with their number four jersey <laughs> in there, like, yeah, hey, look, yeah. Hey, we got a pretty good quarterback. Oh, hey, where's your, where are you going to kiss your bicep? Yeah. <laughs> and I hate that. I hate that it's with within Forty ers fans. They're fighting about you know, oh, is it it's the O line or is it <sighs> Colin Kaepernick? It's or, everything. Oh, you can't. Even with the, the Vernon Davis trade, people are hating on it because you become a fan of the players on your team, of right? Of course, of course. But you also have to be able to to, to take a step back from that. And it's just, a business. Just because you ha- own a Kaepernick jersey or own a Vernon Davis jersey, that doesn't mean you know they're not going to play for your team forever. So right. at some point, it's going to end. And if 
the 49ers are going to lose with Kaepernick. He looks terrible. Even if you're a Kaepernick fan, you have to know that he's not playing good football right now. You just watch a game and, and yeah, you see it. I mean, and whatever. So maybe Gabbert comes in. It looks exactly the same. They go back to Cap. Yeah, maybe Gabbert that's my guess. makes the 49ers better for right now. Who knows? But I'm okay you've with got that. to do something. Yeah. And we finally are starting to see some of the big changes that, that were rumored were supposed to happen. I think they might have wanted to wait till the uh, bye week to put implement some of these things, but... They're here now. Big changes. In, what do you uh, think the turnout's going to be at Levi Stadium on Sunday? You think it's going to be seventy five percent full? I mean, well, you think some I, people are not going to go? I don't think the Falcons fans travel as well as some teams. Right. I think if this this was a team against you know uh, if this was uh, like the Green Bay game or something, yeah, if it's Packers or yeah. a West Coast team, somebody that's close by, sure. or you know even New York or, or New England, people that teams that have a big presence everywhere, right? You might see a lot of 49ers fans that sold their Not tickets. Not a lot of dirty birds of, coming yeah, in. I don't think there's mm. going to be that many dirty birds. But, yeah. you know. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, Maybe people are going to be excited about Gabbert. You know, like you said, they're trying something new. It's, it's yeah. It's new. It's different. It's going to look a little bit different. Let's go to the phones. Hi, boys. Thanks for taking my call. This is Brian in Fresno calling one of the biggest Niner fans there is around. Just wanted to let you know that I'm highly disappointed with the season, although I'm not surprised. As soon as we fired Harbaugh, we all should have been uh, drinking the Kool-Aid to realize that this season was going to be uh, not what we all expected after the past uh, three years. So uh, the development of Kaepernick has been really, really uh, horrible, even under uh, Harbaugh. So now we have uh, uh, line coach that's uh, our, our head and we're bringing in all kinds of other people that we think are going to go ahead and be able to make him into this uh, prolific passer. He's not that type of player. So I'm glad we finally benched him and we're going into the Blaine Gabbert week by week or whatever we're going to try to do here to try to salvage a season. But we actually have some guys that can make plays on offense. I know our defense is uh, suspect. Offensive line is suspect. But we do have some playmakers on offense, and we should be making some plays and scoring some points. It's been absolutely ridiculous with this new regime. So I'm hoping that uh, uh, getting rid of Vernon Davis maybe uh, helps uh, the development of our other tight ends, and and maybe we can start putting some points on the board because I just want to see if we can salvage you know some uh, face in some of these games and and maybe have an opportunity to win some at the end. Oh, he nailed it there with the salvage some face because, right. it, like we we talked about, it's embarrassing, man. It's it's tough to watch these games and just get run all over and passed all over. And it ugh. is tough. And when you make, you have to make a big change because it's not like you can't get worse than what we've seen. Right. So if Gabbert's bad, oh okay. well, it was yeah. still bad. You right. Know, the result is still bad. Um, by the way, thanks, Brian, for the call. The phone number you can hit us up at four one five eight five eight zero zero nine four. Yeah, Brian also mentioned he said not surprised. And yeah, you know, I I wasn't surprised either. I had him six and ten, you know, based on the season. And now that would be surprising to me if they right. could get to six wins. That would surprise the hell. I out think that the the word that stood out to me was development. He said that a couple times, mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about. Anything and everything should be done to improve the future of this team right now. Right. And that's the only goal, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent Let's get some young guys out there. You know, you, you signed. You mentioned it, Pierre Thomas, Sean Drone, like. What are these guys really going to do in the future for this team? You yeah, know? like yeah, they they're more of a let's plug the hole right now. It's it's I still we're don't taking even, on too much water. I still in the don't ship. even get that because the I drone would, maybe he's twenty seven, right? No, but it's like they're still playing for as if they have a shot at the playoffs yeah. or something. You know, they're like, oh, we got to get this righted right now. It's like, no, you don't have to get this righted right now. It's not going to happen. You should be 
developing people. I would much rather see Hayne fumble six times and carry the ball 20 times right. and look bad than see Jerome or Pierre Thomas yeah. or Kendall Gaskins get any touches whatsoever. Get Silverman in there. You know, come on. Get Purcell off the practice squad. Let's throw him in there. Like, let's. Eric Armstead's still yeah. hardly playing. Come on. And not only. And he would make you better now, I think. I think, I think so he's too. outplaying Dorsey. Armstead looks good. Uh, Dorsey has looked, he looked okay. He had in a couple last of good game. plays, yeah. And, you know, to uh, Mangini's credit, the defense has turned it around a little bit. They're looking better and better. They've kept and, them in games, but the offense yeah, can't and, get and, anything and going. The schemes are looking a little bit different week to week on defense, but on offense, you can't really say the same thing. No, you definitely cannot. And I, I just don't see it changing this week. Yeah, there's a new play caller, so maybe maybe there's a completely different set of plays that Blaine Gabbert runs that Kaepernick doesn't. You know, Because they're definitely different quarterbacks. They right. have different skill sets. So maybe we're going to see a totally different 49er offense. And that's Ho- I'm hopeful I think, for yeah, that. I hope that's it's... what we see, and they need that whether or not oh, it, whether or not they win or not. Yeah. That's what what they need. The and, one we've been seeing is gross. Yeah, I'm tired of it. Oh, another thing Brian said by the way, which is kind of a challenge. Mm. Do you hear how he started that? He said probably one of the biggest 49ers fans around. Hey, if you're that's out there like, listening, you think you're a bigger fan than we Brian. Got a lot of listeners, then they're on. probably like, I hope that perked up their ears. And they're like, okay, you got to come strong with the phone call now. Because if not, Brian's going to hold that title. Right, right now he's got it. Brian in Fresno. Well, I don't know, big biggest dog. 49er fan around. He doesn't come out with the uh, WWF style big dog calls. That's we've true. Had, we've had a couple of big dog but calls he, that were. Big dog doesn't funny. claim to be number one. Though. No, he doesn't. No, that's true. He doesn't. Maybe claim we can have title. a little square off between those two. We might need to have hey, big a, dog. You hear that? That's a challenge. <laughs> So, yeah, give us a call. You don't even have to uh, call. You can give us a text. Yeah, whatever you want. 415-858-0094. A lot of ways to get a hold of us. Instagram, we've got the at Gold Faithful Podcast. You can tweet us. He's at BD Peacock. I'm at Bay Area Wink. we got the phone number. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. Just let us know. You know, even if you just want to give us your two cents, like you guys are are stupid. You're wrong about this. Please. We're, we're open to that. Yeah. We much prefer the compliments and, uh, and questions that are helpful. But we, Nobody's ever said a bad thing to us, so we're still waiting. Ever Come in on, our entire what lives. Do you got? If yeah. you hate the show, please. <laughs> Why at, are you listening yeah. if you hate it? If you really hate it, do you think we're big dummies? At Bay Area Wink. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You're big. I'm okay. sure. Hey, let's talk, let's talk to our guest. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show Oscar Aparicio, host of the long-running Better Rivals podcast. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with that show, our listeners there, official podcast of Niners Nation. This dude knows his stuff, especially when it comes to X's and O's. Oscar, thanks for coming on the show with us. Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, you bet. And so... I know you guys dive deep into the X's and O's, and first of all, it's a great show, and any listeners out there, you might be saying, hey, this is the, uh, you know, rival, this is a rival podcast, why are you having this guy on the show? But there's so there's totally room for both, for listeners to listen to our Definitely. show, we don't cover a lot of the same ground, if you love the X's and O's stuff, if you geek out on that, and I love it too, that's why I listen to the show, so go listen to the Better Rivals podcast. Um, I only heard one thing I ever did not like on your show. And it was, um, I don't listen to every episode, but you were drinking rosé. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's not that I don't like rosé. I used to work in a wine bar. I brought bottles of rosé home from New Zealand on my honeymoon. And I went to France and brought some cool stuff, you know, when I went on vacation with my wife's family. So I love wine and I like rosé, but you're giving the 49ers fans the bad name, you know, People always talk about San Francisco sports fans. They're oh, they're the wine drinkers. They're the wussy sports fans. Is it a world. bad name, or does he is it kind of fit perfectly for Forty Nine ers? You're feeding the stereotype. Well, you know, quite quite frankly, if me drinking rosé is what's giving the Forty ers a bad name, <laughs> I think we're all okay. Right. <laughs> but trust me, 
I could drink, I could literally drink a bag of colostomic diarrhea and it would not make the 49ers any worse than they are right now. <laughs> okay. So really, all I have to say is really say yay to Rose. All right. <laughs> okay. There you summer. go. You know, Rose. Speaking of that bag, running back situation, pretty disgusting right now. Hideout, Davis most likely out, Bush is out. I mean, you know, they signed Pierre Thomas, they signed Shane Drones, they bring back in Jared Hayne to the practice squad. I mean, is Kendall Gaskins going to be the starting running back this weekend? I mean, at this point, who the heck knows? Yeah. Uh, I, it's, uh, there's, there's no... So, first off, let's, let's, let's talk about the running back situation going into the season. We knew that Reggie Bush was not going to play 16 games to 49ers. Right. We knew it. Everyone knew it. You know, David Newman, my co-host on Better Rivals, wrote about it in his article. We said from the very beginning that Reggie Bush was not going to make the 49ers offense better. At best, he was going to be, you know, a pass-catching running back that maybe got 30 receptions on the year, and that's going to be pushing it. And, you know, unfortunately, that's exactly what we've seen come out of, of Reggie Bush thus far. It really actually does suck because it on a fluke, concrete in St. Louis kind of thing is, is ultimately where he goes down, which I guess you could take that as the ultimate irony or, you know, the, the kind of that, that sucks. But now you've got Carlos Hyde. Our big worry with Carlos Hyde is that they're going to Eddie Georgian, which is basically run him into the ground, and they tried their best to. I mean, this guy had mm-hmm. a stress fracture, and, and he played for two straight weeks on that stress fracture. So at this point especially with the way the season is going, play anyone. Put, shoot, put Jared Hayne back on the active roster. I don't care. Exactly. That's what we're rooting for. Don't, yeah, he's exciting don't, don't at least. Start. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from. I mean, no one picked them up off waivers, which wasn't incredibly surprising. Right. They, they cut him, I think, with a little bit of strategy in mind. They cut him after his worst two-game kind of stretch where he had two fumbles. Mm-hmm. And, and he had a lot. He, had, he didn't have great film out there. And, he wasn't a very good running back to begin with. Uh, David and I, I, I believe we, the exact quote, and I'm going to struggle to remember this, but I think the exact quote was, he's pretty freaking terrible as a running back. <laughs> um, and, and he is. He, his value was that kick or that punt returner. Sure. Um, so it, it's difficult, right? We have to remember that this is a guy who was playing a completely different sport and didn't even know how to put pads on uh, coming into the end of the year. So he's going to have some time to develop, and, and I think he can still be very good. But the, the running back situation for the 49ers is, A, not good, and B, at this rate, it's almost okay because what's the difference between winning six games, four games, or two games? There isn't. Draft picks. Right? I mean, that, that's about it. Yeah, about 10, exactly. 10 slots in the draft. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and at this point, we don't want the lower draft pick. Right. <laughs> we, we, we want the higher draft pick. And so I don't, I don't think that NFL teams purposefully tank. I think that when you're talking about the – top 1% of competitive elite athletes in the football world. I don't think those type of people are wired to just give up in the kind of way you would to intentionally tank a season. But I do think that we, we at this point, are not a good team. We're not going to make the playoffs. I'm okay if we only win one other game, and that's against Seattle. Right, (laughs) and we kind of talked about that a little bit. And it's it's almost like with bringing in all these veteran running backs to be ahead of Jared Hayne on the depth chart, it's almost like they're playing like there's a playoff spot, right? You know, in the mix there, it's it, it, they should be doing nothing else but developing players that they that might be helping in the future. Yeah, and, Pierre Thomas is not the future. Shane Drones is not the future. I mean, I, I, I like get, give Jared Hayne the ball 15 times, see what happens. At you least know, make it entertaining on our way to the loss. You know, I mean, I'm kind of glad that Gabbert is playing. 
this week just because we're going to get to see something different mm-hmm. for once. But let me let me ask you this then. Uh, so wh- where are you on the chicken or the egg? There's lots of arguments going on in the 49ers fan world. We're infighting now. Um, you know, is it the 49ers O-line? Is it Colin Kaepernick? Uh, you can really lump the coaching staff into this. Are all three that bad or is one factor hurting the final product more than the other in your opinion? I think each play in each situation is going to be a little different and it's going to be a little variant of the three. I I know that humans, just as kind of a general rule, like to say it's this one thing or it's that one thing, but oftentimes it's a combination of all three. We'll start with the one that's easiest to identify on film, and that's Colin Kaepernick and his lack of comfort in the pocket. He needs a very, very clean pocket and he needs his wide receivers to generally be college open in order to make the throw. Right. And, and we saw this specifically with Michael Crabtree in 2012. There's a reason that Michael Crabtree had his best season when Colin Kaepernick said, well, who am I going to throw to? Well, I'm Michael Crabtree. And, and that, that was his, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating his thought process because I don't think Colin Kaepernick is dumb, nor do I think he's a one-read quarterback. I think that he, for whatever reason, needs to see something before he can believe it. And, and that's been kind of the, the monk here. I think that is what often gets confused as him being a one-read quarterback is because he's waiting for something to happen, and it looks like he gets stuck on a one receiver because the net effect is that he generally does. Now, does that mean that he's incapable of moving on to his other reads? No. But you think about the team in 2012 and 2013, and you think about a standard Colin Kaepernick play. The 49ers, and especially the Jim Harbaugh coaching staff, knew that Colin Kaepernick's preferred deep throw was the smash seven route. It's a sail route. We know what this is. It's basically the tight end running a corner route towards the sideline. Vernon Davis would eat up defense mm-hmm. doing this. And then you had the, the kind of short underneath route that would basically try to put stress on the cornerback and say, all right, corner, you either go deep or, and then I'm going to throw it short, or you go short and I'm going to throw it over your head and throw it deep. Colin Kaepernick was remarkably effective at these throws. And when you have an offensive line that can protect, what effectively you see is you see a quarterback who says, looking deep, looking deep, looking deep, looking deep, looking deep, not going to happen, throw short. Now you have a quarterback who, when presented with the same situation, goes looking deep, looking deep. Oh, my God, Jordan Debbie in a tuba. <laughs> right? And, and so, and so the, the, the both, both kind of work hand in hand. You can't just say it's, it's exclusively one or exclusively the other. If Colin Kaepernick could throw with a bit more anticipation or, or – be better at learning that skill over time, then he could make his offensive line look a little better than it does, much like Peyton Manning does, much like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady do. But at the same time, Colin Kaepernick is not so bad that when given a decent offensive line that he can't make the throws and progress from one receiver to the next and and then finally to his third. So it really is a perfect storm of events of the things that Cap doesn't and, and can't do exceptionally well and then the thing that he needs in order to do that even moderately well, and now you've got a, a you know a really raging dumpster fire. You know, we're talking about the offensive line here, Oscar. Uh, Daniel Kilgore, you know, he'll be back soon. I mean, maybe not this week. Maybe they hold him out till after the bye. Maybe he comes back then. When he comes back, is there going to be a big shakeup on the line? He's probably you know he, he's most likely going to jump right in there to center. Does does Martin move out to guard? Does Tiller then move to tackle? So then we don't have to worry about Debbie or Piers anymore. Or, or do you see anything similar to that? So I, I will go ahead and make what should by no for no peop, for no one who's watched the games should this be a surprise. But Marcus Martin is by far the worst 
offensive lineman in the starting group for the San Francisco 49ers. He is consistently overmatched. He does not have very good body lean. He gets beat really easy with a couple of simple moves. He is he. We make fun of Jordan Devy because well, I mean you can. It's easy. And he also, <laughs> exactly. Um, but but Marcus Martin is actually worse at center than Devy is at guard. And and it's one of those things where I, I don't know that moving him to guard is going to solve the problem. I, I don't really know. Uh, you know, I, I can see what he's doing wrong. I can see that the few things that he does right, but. I'm, I'm no offensive line coach to sit, to sit here and say, you know, well, if we were to just do these things, we could fix them or tweak them or whatever. So all I know right now is that when I watch the film, Marcus Martin is easily one of the, the worst linemen of the starting five. And Pro Football Focus actually has him as one of the worst centers in the NFL, even when you bring in backup centers and say, well, maybe you start 25% of plays, he's still worse than them. That's brutal so, when your center's ranked like that, your right guard and your right tackle. Exactly. And so, you know, you, you run into this situation where it's like, okay, Brandon Thomas must be pretty terrible. Yeah. We know that, that Tiller is not a world beater, but he's certainly better than Debbie. Um, I, I had uh, articles where I, I'm not going to write them anymore because, you know, you can only beat a horse so many times. But, <laughs> right. um, but I, I would basically evaluate the performance of Debbie and Tiller uh, week after week, and I did it for the last three weeks. This is the first week I haven't done the article since they've been rotating. And in every situation, even when Tiller doesn't play great, he still outplays Jordan Debbie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you've got a coaching staff now who, be, if you were to take that as a microcosm, they're not able to identify talent when it's staring them in the face, even if it, even if that talent means, you know, it's better than dog crap, you know, like they can't identify that. And so at the end of the day, you're stuck with a team in a line that if Kilgore goes in there, not going to fix it. Jordan Debbie is still terrible. And Eric Pierce, you know, is, is bad, but he's probably the best of those three, which is really unfortunate. Right. So, you know, you could put Kilgore, Thomas, you know, hell, you could put your grandma on there on skates and it, it might be a little better. Um, but at this point, it's not really going to matter. So from what you saw in the preseason of Blaine Gabbert and with what's gone on with the San Francisco 49ers this season, um, do you see anything that's fixable? Or is, like, is there any hope for you that you, you would say, oh, Jeep Chris needs to do more of this, less of this? tweak this, or and same with Mangini on the other side of the ball. Is, is there any hope going forward? Is something like a Gabbert change at quarterback, could you see this team winning a couple games just because they do something different than they have been? Absolutely. I think you can, but those are, you have to find the signal through the noise. And you think of week one, we beat a Minnesota team that's now looking to be pretty good. And last year, we did the same thing with, uh, with the, the Cowboys a game that I was actually at, which was awesome because we totally had way more Niner fans than, than there were Cowboys fans at that game. Yes. But we beat pretty handily a team that was eventually, you know, made a pretty deep playoff run and had one of their best seasons in years. And I think a lot of that was because in week one, we got a hobbled, last year, a hobbled Tony Romo. Um, and Colin Kaepernick didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot because the defense had a couple of really good interceptions. And then this year we had a Minnesota team that didn't really know what to expect, didn't know whether or not we were going to be, you know, a man-gap scheme or a zone scheme. You know, you couldn't really rely on film. We didn't show a whole heck of a lot in the preseason, so we caught them unawares. I think something very similar can work or happen with Blaine Gabbert. 
just because we win against Atlanta, whom I don't think is as good as their record, because that's always the case in Atlanta. They're hardly ever as good as their record, mostly because of the division that they play in. But you look at that team, and, and they are, for a middling team, a pretty beatable team. Um, and, and so I don't think that all of a sudden, you know, because we win this game or maybe we pick up another win somewhere else, that Blaine Gabbard is all of a sudden the second coming of a starting quarterback. You have to look at what the offense is doing and what the defense is preparing against. So far, Jeep Chris hasn't proven to, to really have a game plan beyond a couple of plays. Even an untrained eye can tell you, Bruce Ellington's in the game, wide receiver screen. Right. Cool. Right. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to see, see a stretch action. Well, fake the run to the left, roll out to the right. And when you roll out to the right, what are you going to see? The tight end or the fullback leaking out underneath, then a tight end over route, and then maybe a deep post with Torrey Smith. These are not complicated plays, right. and, and they're not called in a way where they build off of each other. We know what's coming. Right. You know, and then you know, Bruce Ellington gets his requisite two uh, wide receiver screens, and then he goes to the bench for that. That's game. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or when you roll right, the defense knows what's coming, and there's an edge yeah. player in Kaepernick's right. face. I see that every Absolutely. time. So then he can't even do the dump-off play. He just throws it out of bounds. That's exactly right, and so and, and these, and then we run a lot of mesh concepts where you know the wide receivers are crossing you know in, in front of each other, which is you know a West Coast offense staple. But you can only run it so time so many times before a defense is just going to play zone, and you know the, the mesh concept is meant as a man beater. So it, 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 I'm not seeing anything from Jeep Chris that tells me that he is uniquely changing his game plan from week to week. I do see some of those things from Eric Mangini. When you look at the way that he opened the season, it was a lot of Tampa 2 and a lot of two-deep safeties. And especially against Minnesota, it was a lot of fake blitzing, putting Eric Reed and Antoine Bethea on the line, and then sprinting them back. That worked against a really young quarterback like uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And then we saw him try the same thing again the next week. Didn't work. Absolutely did not work. So then he changed his scheme a little, or not his scheme so much, but he changed the way he called the plays in week three, played two more deep safeties. This was against Aaron Rodgers. And we held Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers to 17 points. He played more of that, you know, a few more two-man read. He did not play much Tampa 2, and he played a lot of cover one robber. And we know this about Mangini from the preseason. We know that he's a defensive coordinator that is going to try and make his game plan specific to the opponent. That's exactly what Bill Belichick is known for. What do you do well? We take that thing away, and then we let you beat you with all – we try and make you beat us with all the things that you don't do well. And Mangini's not nearly as good as Bill Belichick, and he's got some deficient players, and he makes some bonehead calls. But by and large, at least you see that tinkering. At least you see that attempt. I don't see that at all often. Right, I agree. We, we've seen them kind of come back and look better on defense. They they, right. they were in it for a lot of the game last week. I mean, your definition of in it with the 49ers might, you know, they're down 14, and that's, you know, for most teams, that's... You know, Very something much that you can it. come back from, but for the 49ers, it's not. But they, you know, the Packers game, so they looked on defense like a competitive team. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's that offense that's really killing Nick. I think have has one more question before we let you go, Oscar. Yeah, we don't want to beat a, like you said, a dead horse too much here, but I, we can't let you get out of here before we ask you about this guy doesn't want to talk football during the season, less than a year after firing the best coach this franchise has seen since Bill Walsh. Telling us to hold him responsible and accountable. I'd I'd love to hear some thoughts on Jed York. Well, I think overall, and, and you know, there are lots of theories out there about him. You know, wanting to just you know have have Harbaugh there to get the stadium, and then you know fire him as a result. I, I think ultimately that Jed York is someone who is too young 
to deal with and to understand the, the things that you have to do in order to run a billion dollar business successfully at the highest level. And, and he may learn that, he may not, but he does not have control of that front office. Um, we've got, you know, writers on Niners Nation, one of which specifically who you can follow on Twitter. Her name is So Callie Steph. She wrote an article, and she's actually got a couple of sources in the team. And apparently some of the leaks aren't even Jed York. They're Parag Marath. You know, and, and so now it's basically a bunch of infighting and a bunch of egos. And a good leader and someone who is sage and wise enough to handle that can, can overcome those things or at least bring in people that help them overcome those things. Because let's not forget that Eddie DeBartolo was a hothead too. Eddie DeBartolo fired Bill Walsh several times to the <laughs> point where Bill Walsh would say, I don't know if I'm supposed to come in tomorrow. And, and Carmen Policy was the person who would say, you know what, you're fine. I'm going to talk to Eddie. He's a little drunk, you know, and, and, and it is what it is, right? But he had, Eddie DeBartolo had someone when Eddie DeBartolo lucked into a head coach because it's not like, you know, I mean, he lucked into him. It, it's what happens, right? right. Mm-hmm. And, but he knew when he found that good thing, and he did whatever he could to help maintain it. And that's unfortunately what Jed doesn't understand right now. Jed thinks that he knows better, and he thinks that he can identify the successful profile of a coach. This is why you see coaches like Singletary and Tom Sula, people who are overly people-driven, but may not have the kind of football chops that you need in order to really drive an organization because just because you are good with people doesn't mean that you're good at all of the minutiae at organizing and directing the football team and motivating them year after year. It also doesn't mean that you're good at identifying top talent, which Jim Harbaugh can do really well. I mean, Greg Roman was not the problem last year. We know that because, well, look at the offense now. It works. Now people are calling for, like, I mean, they don't say it explicitly, but they would take Greg Roman over Jeep Chris in a heartbeat. Um, and, and look at what he's doing in Buffalo, right, with Tyrod Taylor and the likes of, you know, God, he's just got not a lot of people over there. Yeah. And then you have Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> You've got Jim Harbaugh, who at Michigan has, you know, he's the offensive really mastermind, but he's found another defensive coordinator who had three shutouts in a row in college football, one of which was against the team that was ranked above them that just that doesn't happen unless you're the likes of Nick Saban. He is plugged in enough to identify top football talent, and that's one of the things a good head coach has to do. And so going back kind of and taking a step back to Jay York, what he needs to do is he needs to understand that he needs to create the environment that attracts top talent, and when, and when that happens, top talent will attract other top talent. His job is not to get involved with football. He's right. It is not his job or his role during the season to talk about football. The problem is he already did it. Right. He, he opened up the doors. Yeah. And the exactly. fact that he said that he, football philosophy was what him and Jim Harbaugh didn't see eye to eye on, which begs the question, what, why? what and why does he even have any philosophy on football? Exactly. You know, his, his philosophy should be you know, to get out of the way and to get a bigger pen. Right? That, that yep. is what he needs to do. And unfortunately – he is, you know, the activist owner. That's his profile. And the activist owner rarely succeeds. We think of the activist, the activist owner, the Al Davises of the world, yep. the, you know, the Dan Snyders of the world, Jerry the Jones. Jerry Jones of the world, right? These are the owners that you never wanted because they were a hindrance to your team. They were not what caused success. How often do you hear about the Roonies in the news? How often do you hear about the Maras in the news? You only hear about them when they die. 
and when their teams <laughs> put a patch on their jerseys for them, right? Right. Other than that, they get out of the way, they make sure the business side of things are running, and they let the football people do the football things. You know, and, and, and that, I think, ultimately is the problem with Jed York. And I think to put a final point on it, you, you can you can point to lots of things that are going wrong with with the 49ers organization. You know whether it be the talent level, whether it be the schematics, as Jim Tomsula would like to say, whether it be the coaching, whether it be the quarterback, whether it be all sorts of things. You can point to any one of those things, and they all roll up to the owner. Until Jed York either learns how to be a more competent owner, which I think is incredibly difficult to do or at the very least understands that he needs to get out of the way. The 49ers are going to continue, you know, th- this general suckage. And, and that is, I think, the part that worries me the most, because I don't think Balky is a terrible GM. And, and I don't think, you know, I think that, that we have some serious issues with the coaching staff, and, but I don't think that Colin Kaepernick is an irreparable quarterback. But I do think that those things will continue to perpetuate unless J.D. York figures some things out. Yeah, we are on the same page there. I I just was letting you go, man. That was some that was some really good stuff, Oscar. Appreciate it. We we've already held you on here too long. <laughs> oh no, it's all good, man. It's like I was hanging a uh, uh, surround sound speakers, so it's a good reprieve from drilling holes in walls. There you go. Oh, nice. You'll you'll have the booze loud and clear this Sunday, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's hey, man. You gotta you gotta embrace it. I, who was it? I was talking to Joe McAtee from Surf Show Times. And we were because we, we had him on the show last week, and we were just BSing back and forth about like who's had it crappier the last several years, the Rams or the Niners. Um, and he was like, "You you just live in the darkness. We were born in darkness." Like, <laughs> he started quoting the Dark Knight. It was really funny. That's but pretty yeah, funny. It's you got to engulf the darkness, man. We're back to the decade of darkness. There you go. Oh man, that's We've right. Been there. We're back in it. The decade right. of darkness. Right. The decade of drinking diarrhea. What was, how, how what was go? that? <laughs> Yeah. A bag of diarrhea. A cost me bag uh, yeah. of diarrhea. I don't even. I think I said the word colostic. I don't even think that's a word. I think it's. But, you know what? I like we're it. We're gonna. It works. We're gonna go with it. Yeah. Colostic diarrhea. The 2015 San Francisco 49. Very visual. <laughs> That'll be the name of the DVD. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, thanks two a guys, lot, Oscar. Two guys, one bag, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's absolutely right. That is Oscar Aparicio, host of the Better Rivals podcast. You can find him at Better Rivals on Twitter. Oscar, man. Thanks for the time. It was really fun talking yeah, to you. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Oh, uh, thanks a lot, man. It was, it was a pleasure being on the show, and uh, good luck with the – well, I would say good luck with the rest of the season, but honestly, at this point, uh, as, as we say on the podcast, <laughs> F off for golf. Yeah, right? yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Gold Faithful Podcast. We're, of course, on Twitter, Bay Area Wink. He is BD Peacock. I want to give a shout-out a couple people on Twitter. Um, not necessarily talking to us, just some fun things that I saw. On Twitter, at FrankTheTake813. This is one of my best. Frank the Tank, I like it. Yeah. He said, before signing, did anyone tell Pierre Thomas that we play the Browns this year? And that means he has to see Whitner. Oh, <laughs> Of wow. course, going back to the 2012 NFC Championship game where the he knockout shot. knocked him. You got knocked out. That's right. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, at Double J827, 49ers are the Redskins of the West. Jed York equals Dan Snyder. Pretty solid. And yeah. at, at Niners and Trojans fans... On the Hain release, he was talking about that. He said, what a way to screw up someone's weekend. Came out Saturday. I liked that. Because yeah, it made me mad. I didn't like it one bit. I, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Of all the things, it, if you're going to lose, lose fun. Yeah. You know, I would, it would be awesome if, you know, you had a head coach like Chip Kelly or someone that was just going to 
chuck the ball around or, or you know, do something interesting. You know, like remember, like Nelly Ball was for the, with the Golden sure. State Warriors. Yeah, it was at the, least uh, exciting, fast paced. Yeah, you're losing, but you're losing fun. It's enjoyable. You go to the you go to the yard, and it's fun to watch. You yeah. know, just watch that upright running style of Hain. It's fun, oh, dude. It's, it's totally a, fun. It's I'm terrifying. Six times. Yeah, come on. Let's, hopefully, we see it this weekend. Also, before we uh, get out of the social media portion of this Instagram, more shout outs: Hain Plane Thirty Eight, Corpus Eighty Three, AG Biker, Brandon the Dread, BZ Bay Area Forty Nine er, Underground Collector, Pretty in Ink Seventy Nine, Benny White Ninety, Amstatic, who he referred to York as both a snot nosed brat mm-hmm. and a pissant. Mm, in the pissant. same post. Pissant is a really strong it's one. It's really solid. It was a really good post, too. Yeah. Uh, Golden Scarlet, Gray I Lehman. that that's a lame answer. It was actually really well done, <laughs> Amstatic. Uh, Rusty M. Baker. Uh, what is that? Chig Latay? That's a uh, Chig Latte. Yeah. I believe is how you say uh, Chig Latte. <laughs> SF Auto Show and 12-1 Studios. Uh, all, all interactive on Instagram. A lot of fun. Um, I have a lot of fun with that Instagram stuff. It's it's cool. It is fun. Twitter's fun too. A lot of a lot of followers over there. I'm surprised people are still still excited a lot about of fans. the 49ers. Yeah. If anything, maybe still they still listen to the show. Thankfully, yeah. Even yeah, though the yeah, team's keep... going in the tank. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. You know, we're talking about they're headed in the wrong direction, but are they? You know, this this way they can get some good draft picks. They're not they're not seven and nine and barely missing the playoffs and and getting them some mid round pick. Right. You think about uh, the the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. So they tanked. At the right time. Yeah. Sometimes Twice. you got to do that. Twice. Yeah. They got Peyton Manning, number one overall. And then again, 2012, oh, look, this is the year we tanked, and this is Weird. the year Andrew Luck came out. Although Andrew Luck not looking that hot right no, now. No, not right now, but he's playing with broken ribs, I think. But, they fired their and, offensive yeah, coordinator. Pat Hamilton, so. former Harbaugh guy. Yeah. A lot of 49er fans drooling out there saying, get Chris out of there. Yeah. Bring in this guy. Or Greg Roman. Yeah. I would take Greg Roman as head coach now that you've seen because I wanted Greg Roman gone last year. I Who thought didn't? it was on him. He's the play caller. Yeah. You find out, oh, he's only calling half the plays, and then they're all going through Harbaugh. Right. And then and then you realize, oh, so the good one involved in that triumvirate was Greg Roman. <laughs> Interesting. And, yeah. <laughs> and he's gone. Harbaugh's gone. But that was yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Before we uh, get out of here, uh, we got to talk Pinion inside the twenty. Okay, um, he had nine punts on on Sunday. He was you, busy man. You don't want to see that. That's actually the second straight week he's had nine punts. Oh, really? That's not a good. You don't want to be punting it eighteen <laughs> times in two weeks. No. Uh, he he actually did pretty well. Forty five point eight average. He had three pinned inside the twenty. Uh, although he hurt his calf. One was narrowly just missed being pinned inside. So the 20 close. As well. Yeah. yeah. And his hurt his leg from over. He hurt his leg. Yeah. I can only imagine. Right? And so there was actually ten punts in this game because Phil Dawson came in, forty eight yarder. What up? So he's like, you gonna steal my kickoff job? <laughs> Look, I can punt. It <laughs> ain't that hard. Why this, do we have two kickers? I know. This is what I want to know. Come on, say there's more money we there's can save. There's Jared Haynes' roster spot. Who's right gonna there. hold the the place kicks? Come on. Now that Gabbert's in the game, you see Kaepernick out there holding it. <laughs> that would be funny. Season net average for uh, for Pinion right now, 40.7. That's 15th in the league. His average, 43.9, 26th in the league. Not great. Uh, inside the 20, though, that's getting up. He's got 14 of those. Uh, he's he's in the eighth place. But it's all because of numbers. I mean, he's punted 44 times. That is second most in the league. Only behind Shane Leckler of Houston, who's punted 47 times. So uh, just the sheer volume. Like, if you look for total yards, he'd be killing it. Yeah. Just because of the total number oh, right. of punts. Yeah. But. Falcons coming to town 6-2, and two, although they've lost two of their last three. They have. Starting 5-0. and oh, so, um, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of an epidemic around the league. There's a lot of teams that are scoring a lot of points. 
a lot of bad offensive lines and a lot of mm-hmm. bad pass defenses. Right. That's yeah. kind of what that's kind of what they've got going Although on right now. Their line used to be their weakness. They've been running the ball really well mm-hmm. with uh, Devontae Freeman. Oh, he's the number one rusher. Yeah. in the NFL, which was very surprising to a lot of people. You keep seeing those numbers like, okay, a fluke, big. Week, yeah, it's it, gonna it end. It's yeah. gonna end. Well, he was supposed to be splitting that time too. So right, yeah, he just he just ran away with that one. Seven hundred nine yards, nine touchdowns there for Freeman. They've also got the number one wide receiver, Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Seventy receptions, eight hundred ninety-two yards, six touchdowns. Uh, they've got a good offense. It's it's ranked fourth in yards per game right now. Uh, they're putting up 26.6 points. That is good for sixth in the league. I mean, the, really the only thing you could hang your hat on is like a positive for the 49ers is their defense. Because they, they lost both their starting quarterbacks last week. Desmond Trufant and Robert Alford. Uh, unknown if both are going to play this weekend, but they both left the game. Both didn't return, so... And there, there's a possibility. Their, their pass defense is 24th in the league right now. So Blaine Gabbert, he's going to light it up, right? Woo! This is the yeah, week. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's They have some bullet board, bulletin board material. Did you see this? <laughs> Kyle McClurg from Bay Area Sports Guy, yeah. um, one of his sources, said that uh, the 49ers decided to make the change this week rather than last week so he could debut against a weak Fal- Falcons defense at home. I mean, that's a fact, but you shouldn't be saying that out loud. <laughs> I, <should laughs> I mean, not. if you're a reporter, you should definitely report that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the 49ers source should not right. have been saying that out loud. Right, that is and a bad source. Apparently the Falcons, yeah, even on the social media, they are they took notice of that. So. Did they just put O? Yeah, they, they, wrote, they, re- they retweeted O. Like, oh, okay, thanks for that. Nice. We, we needed a little something to get pumped up for this bad 49er team we're taking on. <laughs> Oh man, what do you think prediction? Uh, How's it going should, down this weekend? We should probably not do the predictions anymore. It's just making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> making our listeners sad. Is it, this is more like points based. Yeah, <laughs> this they, way, how many are they going to lose by? It's there. I think the Falcons are only favored by, I believe, a touchdown right mm-hmm. now. Well, the 49ers play well at home. That's, That's for true. Sure. They have played better. Yeah. And um, who knows what Gabbard will give them if they have a spark? Um, mm-hmm. I, as we talked about the running game, I can't get really excited about that. Is tough. Um, Who knows if Bolden's so going to play this week Gabbard as well? Throw you to within a touchdown. I sh- I think they lose by more than a touchdown. So you, you would know? take the the Falcons take and give the, up the points. Yeah, I would I would give up the points and take the Falcons yeah. if I'm in Las Vegas. I probably would as well. I think it'll be a double digit loss. Unfortunately, yeah, t- I, I I I don't think that Blaine Gabbard is the answer. I don't think he is. I am excited to see something different though. Yeah, for sure. Because I it was really hard to watch that whole game on Sunday. It and was very yeah, hard. Yeah, it was. But we did because that's what we do. Because we're we watched fans. it, watched it twice. So nice. <laughs> Let's get out of here. No, I didn't. That's the first time I didn't watch a game twice. Actually, really? Yeah. Oh man, I definitely did not watch it twice. You know what? I, I watched instead is I uh, put on that New Orleans New York Giants game. There you the go. Crazy, that was fun. That to was watch. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, a lot of 49ers fans were when uh, the Saints were playing bad at the beginning of the year. were thinking, oh man. Drew Brees might be available. Uh, Sean Payton might be available. They might you know, right. cut ties and, and start some things over there. But, yeah, it's not going to. No, they're headed in the right direction. Yeah, that's not going to happen. They're back to 500, right? Wow, that would be nice. Yeah. Sean Payton would be a great head coach candidate. God, at this point, anyone would be, right? That's We're probably going to have to start looking at that kind of stuff. Uh, along with the draft, yeah. head coach candidates, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coordinator candidates. Um, no, man, that, they're going to win this weekend. Then they're going to go on the bye. They're going to fix everything. Kilgore is going to come back. He's the savior on that offensive line, Cap's going to come back all rested and ready to go. They're just going to win out. Okay, yeah. Totally. Good. I like it. Yeah. The second half of the season, <laughs> it's going to go much better. Here it comes. I like it. Be ready. Uh, for Nick Winkler, I'm Brian Peacock. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, we are excited about 
what we saw this week when we have the show next week. Like you said, I'm just excited to see something new. Yeah. You can follow me at BD Peacock. Follow Nick at Bay Area Wink. Follow us both on Instagram yes. at Gold Faithful Podcast. Hit us on the phone. You can text. You can leave a message. Try to keep it around 30 seconds, yeah, though, because it'll it tight. Cut, it will cut you off. Phone number is 415-858-0094. Go Niners. We will talk to you next week. See ya. Go 3, 1, 2, 3,